0: she shatters and she burns fans this is hannah austin your host for the she burns podcast i'm excited to announce that my first book hello head meet heart is now out on amazon for more tips tricks and ways that you can burn bright and not burn out visit me on amazon at hello head meet heart happy reading Welcome to the She Burns Podcast, the go to podcast for women who were born to burn bright without burning out. When you're at the top of your game, the difference between handling the heat and boiling over comes down to the right self care advice at the right time. And if you're ready to take your seat around the campfire, these interviews with inspiring women will help you keep your flame alive. Hello everyone. I'm Hannah Austin, and this is season two of the SheBurns podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Pam Ford. Pam is a passionate and empathetic leader with over 15 years of experience managing diverse teams. And she is on a mission to modernize the employee experience by prioritizing employee wellness. After navigating her own experience with burnout, she's now supporting others going through burnout and other mental health challenges. She is an active wellness advocate, storyteller, and mentor. An authentic leader who loves helping others, she's been a source of energy and connection with each organization she's a part of. A loving mom to two daughters, Pam enjoys gardening, travel, and spending time in nature. So welcome, Pam. I am so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Hannah, for having me on your podcast. I am also very excited to be here. So why don't we start a little bit with you telling me and our listeners a little bit about your story? Sure. So I am a working mom of two,
1: um, a leader and manager of a small team in the financial industry. I lead projects as well as people. I've been doing that for about 20 years. Wow. 20
0: years is a long time. Yes. (laughs) You're telling me. We talked a little bit before about you you having your own personal burnout journey. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of what led you to that point? You know, what was happening with you and your body and just emotionally, like how did you know you had burnout? And then kind of tell us that crash and burn story, that defining moment for you.
1: Oh, sure. So my burnout story happened pre-COVID, where at least from my perspective, I did not know initially that I was burning out or that burnout was a thing. So my burnout started a few months after I returned from my second maternity leave. There was a big project going on. There were some leadership and team changes. And basically, my workload ballooned very, very quickly and became unsustainable very, very quickly. So the burnout then led to imposter syndrome because it seemed like I was the one who was struggling and I'd never struggled in this job before still unaware of what was going on and just trying to fix it on my own it spiraled into a, a deeper mental health conditions um, so I ended up suffering from severe anxiety and clinical depression as a result of that that workplace environment so yeah it it was a tough crash and burn I fell a lot further than I my- Hope anybody else goes through and hopefully the, the learnings that I pulled out of it will be valuable to others because I will say as hard as that was to go through, it equipped me really, really well for the pandemic when it hit because I had so much more empathy and understanding of what burnout was.
0: Right. Tell us a little bit about you mentioned um coming back from maternity leave, right? So you had mm-hmm. your first kid, came back, second kid, you're like, I've been through the first one, no biggie, but then you come <laughs> back to this big project. Tell me a little bit about when you first realized that you were burning out. Maybe you didn't even know what it was called, but like when you first realized like I am worried about myself. Like I need to get some help.
1: Sure. I started experiencing a ton of symptoms. So just feeling overwhelmed all the time. I really struggled to focus. I was in a constant state of exhaustion. I suffered some memory loss, which was really unusual. You're like, Do I have dementia? <laughs> yes, I yeah. thought I really thought. <laughs> that i had you know amnesia or something it was really scary um panic attacks anxiety attacks you know struggling struggling to speak just having real cognitive freeze moments i would cry for no reason be totally disengaged and just had this like overall negative negative feeling but i didn't know what it was so it just It kind of just kept spiraling, unfortunately.
0: Did you ever have those like road rage moments or like rage moments (laughs) when you're like normally a nice person, but then just someone (laughs) sends you even like someone in the car or you're getting a pedicure and you're like, they're not filing my nails. (laughs) Did you have like one of those moments when you're like, just turned into this crazy person?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm trying to think of like a good one. That doesn't involve yelling at my poor kids because you know they always take the front from mm-hmm. from us moms and we don't mean it. Yeah. I mean, I I had um I would have very rational reactions to just simple requests from my manager. And I'd be like, that is ridiculous. Like I can't, why why are we even doing this? Like mm-hmm. this idea is stupid. And, like I would mm-hmm. never say that normally. And, whoa. Did I just say that? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, there were a couple of those uh, for
0: sure. How was this year? So you said this all happened pre-COVID. And then, of course, COVID happened. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you were equipped with like, hey, I had burnout before. No big deal. Now we have COVID. How did you kind of navigate through the COVID waves knowing that sometimes with people with burnout, they have burnout again and again and again until they actually Mm -hmm. solve the why behind their burnout? So tell us what happened when COVID hit.
1: Sure. So, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, with my burnout having progressed to a mental health condition, my doctor had put me on disability and said, you need to see a psychologist. So Mm -hmm. I was seeing one of them regularly. I also saw a psychiatrist and was prescribed medication that really just helped me stay balanced. And I continued to be on that. I'm not suggesting that medication is a path for everyone especially mm-hmm. for burnout but for me I think that just helped me go into it with a very realistic perspective one of the biggest aspects for me though was just under understanding that people can be going through things and you don't know and to just be a lot more mindful of that mm-hmm. and with covid obviously everybody's experiencing something really tough right. and so going really easy on my team, talking about my own mental health experience, and just reminding myself that really nothing is more important than my mental health and mm-hmm. the health and safety of my, my family. I do think that that mental health sort of crisis helped personify that and put mm-hmm. things in perspective, right? And the job just became sort of a, this is a means to make money and I want to take care of my team and do good work, but I am, I am not going to kill myself yeah. for this job.
0: For sure. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned imposter syndrome. What what yes. would you say to our listeners regarding that? As far as obviously that you were having those issues. And then as a woman, it's really hard to like say like, hey, guys, I'm having a breakdown here. I'm having a mental health moment or even knowing what how to describe burnout. Talk a little bit about how your imposter syndrome affected you, those around you and just in general where you are now after it or if you're still in sure. it. Sure.
1: I will say to anyone experiencing burnout, yes, you can.
0: Yeah.
1: Imposter syndrome is just like this horrible feeling of self-doubt. I experienced it when I realized I probably needed to get out of that that workplace situation. And I started looking for jobs and I'd look at jobs that on a normal day I knew I was totally qualified for, Mm -hmm. but I would talk myself out of it and say, I I can't handle that. That's too much responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I was just really not giving myself the credit for how smart and capable I was because I was feeling that way in the moment. In terms of advice to listeners, my biggest advice is talk to somebody. Don't, don't, don't suffer silently. Talking really helped me. I did a lot of talking with my sister who, you know, knew me really, really well. And she would say, Pam, you know, you are so more than qualified for this job, you know, Mm -hmm. and and just to have that constant boost and reassurance from people that you're comfortable with and that you trust, Mm -hmm. whether that's a counselor or a therapist or just a really good friend or a family member, it's important to have that community of support and to not be hesitant to
0: tap into it when you need it. That's great. I think the support system, I don't think anyone can get through burnout without having some sort of support system. And if you don't have it in your own familiar environment, you know, Coaches, you know, counselors, therapists, whatever you need to do. If you need to pay for it, I think that that's you got to do it to get through it. How has this, would you say, changed you? So it was like, do you have like pre burnout Pam and then like post burnout Pam, or how (laughs) would you say that you are a better version of Pam after you've been through something like this because of all that you've learned? Oh yes, absolutely. I
1: I kind of refer it to like my phoenix rising moment, right? Like you. You often look at these setbacks as just unnecessary and really painful road bumps. Mm-hmm. But I think once you can separate yourself from the pain and that's that's so immediate in those moments, you give yourself time to reflect and you realize, one, I got through that. Two, I'm so much stronger Mm -hmm. than I thought I was. And now I have all these learnings, having gone through this experience that I can now bring into situations and help others from avoiding the same thing. And so I've been really compelled to broaden awareness of burnout and mental health with anybody and everybody that I talk to. And as a grocery store, you're like,
0: let me tell you about my burnout story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: And I just, I am I became a mental health advocate by complete happenstance. I shared my story once with a couple of coworkers. It had an unexpected impact and got invited to speak on a mental health storytelling panel. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, I I can help people. Mm -hmm. I want to help people. And in a time of COVID, I think everybody was struggling to feel like you could help somehow. Um, And so that just kind of became baked into my leadership style, just prioritizing folks' health and well-being and leading by example.
0: What would you say um, to our listeners saying that we'll just take a bath or we'll need to let meditate or learn to do yoga and that'll self-care myself out of burnout? What what would you say to someone who's saying that? I tried it and it didn't work. (laughs) That would be the quick summary. Um,
1: But yeah, that that's one of the things that I'm so thankful that you have this podcast because people can talk about it and hear about it from like real people, right, you know, right. celebrities and yeah, mental yeah. health experts are great, but the real people, it's so mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Once you get into a mental health state, it's almost impossible to fix. Mm-hmm. And I recently attended a webinar by Lyra Health and they had this report called um, Combating Work Fatigue in an Always-On World. And they actually defined burnout as an organizational problem. Mm-hmm not an employee problem, Mm -hmm. which was a huge aha for me. But it basically says you don't have control to fix this on your own. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, talk to people. If you can fix it organizationally, great. But if you can't, don't be ashamed to move on. That Mm -hmm. might be the best thing for your mental health.
0: Yeah, I was talking to a guest yesterday. I totally agree with that piece. I also think that there's different facets to burnout, right? I feel like there is an individual component because who are you, Pam? How are you raised, right? There's always different characteristics in our personality. You know, are you a people pleaser? Are you poor at setting boundaries? Are you someone that's a perfectionist? There's all these different buckets. I like to say there's six buckets of traits that Mm -hmm. different people fall into, but all of the roads can lead to burnout. And if left unattended or left not tapped into and creating a sort of self-awareness to why you are um, putting yourself in situations like that, um, you can sign up to be an employee. You can be hired by an organization. But there were people at my organization that weren't burned out. And there were people that were burned out. So I think it's a Mm -hmm. multi-pronged approach where there is an individual aspect. There's also an organizational aspect. And if you can kind of fight the fires of all of those elements, I think that's where we really have some opportunity for true growth with some burnout prevention. You talked a little bit about, um, you know, the coping mechanisms that you've tried self-care did not work right. Self-care yourself out of burnout. What was the darkest moment for you in burnout? When you look back and you're like, man, that was a full burn, my barn burnt down moment. What was that?
1: <laughs> I feel like there were two, but I'll I'll give the most extreme because I think it's it's interesting and kind of funny to look back on. I did reach a point where I was so burnt out and so desperate for a break that I scheduled an elective surgery <laughs> just to get a couple weeks break without anybody knowing that I was wow. burning out because I was working in a high-performing wow. environment where you do not want to raise your hand like, I can't take the heat right now. Wow. Um, now, this was not like a, hey, I want to go get a nose job
0: <laughs> surgery. I was going to ask. <laughs> No,
1: this was not cosmetic in nature. It was something that my doctors had said, you know, at some point, we do recommend you doing this? But the timing of it was 100% propelled by how I was feeling. And for some reason, in mental state, that was the right way to go. I don't recommend that necessarily, but that I would say that's, that was probably one of my darkest moments
0: was that that I could
1: not see that that was not a rational way out of this
0: and a dark moment. Well, I think, isn't it interesting (laughs) though, as women, and I think men also listen to this podcast, by the way, where you had to have an excuse to ask for help or to get (laughs) amnesia anesthesia, whatever it was to be able to be locked in, in a surgical room. Right. And you that yeah. was an excuse. Like that was a reason as a leader. Sometimes I think as leaders, we don't actually access the um, benefits that are available across the organization because yeah. as a leader, we think our job is to stand tall and lead the ship while other people are falling apart. We don't yes. give ourselves that grace. So we schedule an elective <laughs> surgery. Wow. Wow. I can think we can laugh about it now, but certainly in the time it was a dark spot, Pam. Wow. It was. It was. Yeah. It was just, you know,
1: I was terrified. I I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to be strong. You know, I think women in particular moms at work, you know, it's so easy for people to be like, she's a mom now. She can't hack it. You know, like it's because she's a mom. I feel like that's the excuse. Mm. And I just didn't even want to give them the opportunity to go there. Yeah. Um, So, Uh yeah.
0: So you're out of the surgery and you're (laughs) healing and you're recovering and then you come back to reality. And what is that like after that? I mean, it didn't work, right? (laughs) It did
1: not work. It was a very temporary reprieve. I did learn that the break was important, but the reality was I was in a a toxic work environment that was out of my control to change. And Mm -hmm. I spiraled very quickly back into the mental health issues, they got worse. And that was when I reached the point where a colleague of mine who I trusted was like, I'm very concerned about you and Mm. I want you to go see your doctor. And the doctor put me on leave immediately. And then I started, you know, building up that community of, you know, that medical team that, that helped me get out of it.
0: What a great colleague and friend. Hopefully that person is a friend as well, because it seems like that was quite a lifesaver. It's those people that you mentioned before, those support systems and people in your life that know you well enough to say, Pam, you need help and I'm here to help you. So that's what a great friend. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about. We always look at burnout as a negative thing, but you and I have talked a little bit about it being a defining moment. And you like the new Pam. But what is the brightest spot? Would you think like looking back on your journey, or are you living it now? What has been the brightest spot for you in this like burnout? I think I'm living it now. It's realizing
1: the power of owning and sharing that experience, where before I was just so ashamed and secretive about it, and being able to help other people get help. I think the one thing that I was missing in my whole journey leading up to that that those dark moments was a lack of validation for how Mm -hmm. I was feeling. Yes. So I'm very, I'm very mindful of that now. And I can just see that like my team knows when I say, I'm here for you, if you need a break, take a break. Your health is the most important thing to me. I am walking that walk and talking that talk because they know what I've been through and that it's coming from a really sincere place. And I just, I feel it's so fulfilling to help people to Mm -hmm. know that my experience can help save others from the same downfall or at least help them recognize these are some symptoms and maybe this isn't something i can fix on my own and, mm-hmm. and to start building up that that community of support
0: absolutely you touched on a little bit what you're telling your staff for those leaders and and female entrepreneurs and listeners right now about who are trying to champion workplace wellness and kind of fighting the good fight against, you know, EAP and how can you bridge that support for your um, coworkers and then your colleagues as well? What are some tips and tricks that you are doing right now with your team inside your team? I know you mentioned focusing on employee wellness and mental wellness and and having that chant to them, right? Your wellness is the most important thing to me, but what are some other things like you would do or are doing? Sure.
1: My biggest thing is just leading with empathy. That is sort of like my, my motto for myself. It's how I'm branding myself. It's how yeah. I've always led, but it is now something that I am, I am actively stating and living. That's- and the crazy thing is Hannah, it's, it's actually really simple. People- <laughs> It, be, it is so nice, simple. fair, yeah. Say thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Recognize people privately mm-hmm. and publicly when they have gone the extra mile, when they have mm-hmm. been working hard, when they put in extra hours, uh, when they helped you out of a bind, mm-hmm. creating an environment of psychological safety, mm-hmm. when there's something really awful going on in the world. Like the war in Ukraine. You can't just expect people to turn that off and not mm. be affected. So for me, it's acknowledging it and, and do a check-in. And you know, if you need some time, step away. If you want to talk, talk. We have the EAP, here are all these programs. Um, just to give them a variety of ways to say, one, I'm validating that this is a crappy time right now for all of us. Two, it could be affecting your productivity. Mm-hmm. And I hear that. And three, let me know how I can help. And just always drumming that beat. Yeah. It's, it's the appreciation. It's also leading by example. Like if I'm going through a tough time, Mm -hmm. um, like my grandfather passed away last summer and I shared with my team that he was dying and that I was going to take some time Mm -hmm. out of my day to go and visit him where he was. And they were wonderfully supportive, Mm -hmm. not surprisingly, but I think to show your own humanity to your team is really important or Guys, gosh, I was up all night with my infant. Um, I've barely slept a wink. Or my daycare's closed and my kids are working behind me. So, just mm-hmm. want you to be aware. And if you have the same situation, yeah, it's it's okay. It's just it's being human mm-hmm. and treating
0: people the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. It sounds so simple, but it's, I think with COVID and I will say being part of an organization that was healthcare focused, we just tried, we were just trying to keep people alive. Right. And Mm -hmm. so in times that we were a caregiving organization and keeping people healthy, we forgot to keep the people who are taking care of the people to be healthy, to be healthy. And so I think it's human first taking care of yourself. I always like it, but hate it when people say put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then somebody else, because that sounds so cliche. But the reality is, isn't it interesting that we give other people empathy? We give other people chances. We give other people EAP support. But as leaders, especially as women leaders, we don't do it for ourselves until we hire, um, you know, a coach or a Schedule an elective surgery. You know something that is finally at your breaking point, and I wish those breaking points didn't have to happen for action to happen. So, I agree. Tell me a little bit about what resiliency means to be to you. So, our theme for this season is resilient women, and the question that I'm asking people is. What do you do when you're so done, but you can't be done? So when you're on that, you're having a bathroom floor moment, or you're having your elective surgery moment, or you're like your darkest moment, how do you rise up from the ashes? What is it about Pam that internally, whether it was you when you were younger or whatever, what do you think, where do you think you dug deep from and became
1: resilient? So I think for me, it's getting back to the absolute basic essentials. What is absolutely critical in this moment, allowing yourself to have tunnel vision. Mm. I often will start to look so broadly at what I need to do today, tomorrow, this week, next month, and that can feel very overwhelming and high pressure. So I have to remind myself like one step, one step at a time. What do I need to do? Just right this very moment. Don't worry about everything else you'll get there. Mm -hmm. And I have found that when I can just micro focus on that and give myself one task to do, Mm -hmm. it does help put the noise Mm. at bay um, and allow me to slowly get through it. And I will say, having gone through burnout, my mental health is always one of those checks. Mm -hmm. I allow that to be a step. If I need to sleep, if I need to take a walk, if I need to disconnect from screens, I will do that because I know I'm going to be a better, healthier version of myself to mm-hmm. tackle this challenge for yeah. me and for my family and my team.
0: Great. Yeah. I mean, I think those are all important ways. The question is that I always ask people always say, Hannah, you ask really deep, detailed, deep questions. How do you do that, Pam? Do you have a planner? Do you write it in your phone? How do you do that when you wake up in the morning and there's two kids and there's work? How? I am a list maker. Okay. I, I'm i a project
1: manager. So true to form, I got to have some form of a list. I've got apps on my phone. I got a stack of Post-its. I got notebooks all over the house. And okay. I just, I create lists and I'll number them. And it helps me stay organized. It takes the pressure off of having to remember lots of things. And then I am always just trying to remind myself, you know, like survive, survival first yeah. Then work, you know, like yeah. kids first, me first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's not always easy though. It's easier said, said than, than done, done. I would yeah. I would argue, yeah. and it I think it just requires um, a, a training and a discipline to get there.
0: You touched a little bit on your kids, and I think one of the things I love to talk to moms about is you've been through a journey. You know, as a mom, you're a teacher, and you're te- yeah, you're actually a teacher, an educator, and an empathetic leader as the household, right? So Mm -hmm. what would you say to your kids or have you shared with your kids? Are they old enough to say, mommy burned out and this is what I learned? Or what are you teaching them? What survival skills are you teaching them to prevent them from burning out?
1: So my kids are still pretty young. So we have uh, a book about feelings Mm -hmm. that we often share with them. And I ask them, you know, how are you feeling? What made you happy today? What made you sad? And I try to find ways, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm great at it because you know there's no handbook for moms and dads, but I do give them opportunities to talk about how they're feeling and try to help them rationalize to mm-hmm. the extent that they can, how they're feeling and think through the consequences of, well, if this bad thing that you're worried about happens, what's the worst that's going to happen from there? Mm-hmm. But then also this thing that you're worried about might not happen. Or it might happen, but it's not really going to be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And to just kind of let them be comfortable with all of those scenarios Mm -hmm. and have sort of a mental plan for what to do. And my husband and I are also very, very good about just making sure that they know that they can come to us and encouraging talking so that, you know, it's hard because I'm always I'm always locked up in the office to make sure that I make that time for approachability and, and, and time to check in with them.
0: I love what you said about, you know, making them comfortable with their feelings and tapping into their feelings. I think as adults, some of us don't even know what we're feeling because we're so laser focused on the next thing or work or my phone or scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through Facebook. And we spend a lot of time on passive things versus actually active, like what am I feeling and how am I showing up in my body? So I think anything that we can do to teach the next generation or kids, just even starting at a young age, like, what are you feeling right now? Stop and assess, like, what are you feeling right now? Because if you don't know what you're feeling, you don't know how to respond. You're just automatically responding something Mm -hmm. that you don't even know, or you don't even know if that's what you want. And I think, I don't know if you experienced this as well, but a lot of women that I speak to are in their careers. And if you ask them, like, in their thirties or forties. Do you even want to be in this career? Do you even like your job? Well, I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really thought about it because I was just mm-hmm. moving and walking forward every day and living not on your body. So
1: yeah, you're always on like what must get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of right. like, you're just swimming right in a current yeah. and yeah, every now and then you have to force yourself to like pop your head up and be like, where am I in relation to where I started? And how much closer am I to where I want to go? Yeah. And do I
0: still want to go there? Yeah. And do I need a lifeguard or not? <laughs> or a know. cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, or both. Both. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing your story and your journey. Um, You know, you are such a change agent and I love what you're saying about being a wellness advocate. You don't have to have a podcast. You don't have to, you know, have a website. You can be a woman who went through burnout or a person that's gone through burnout and you're sharing your story and you're making an impact. So thank you so much. Thank you. Let's shift a little bit to a fun part of the podcast. Uh, We started talking about cute lifeguards and cocktails. Um, (laughs) Here's where I get to ask you some fun and food for thought questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So if I told you that you could live only one place in the world and I gave you a one-way first-class ticket to go there, where would you choose to go and why? Ooh, I would go to the Amalfi
1: Coast. Ooh. Because, Mm. I mean, is there anything bad about the Amalfi Coast? Um, Uh I love flowers. It's beautiful. I love the different pace of life that Italians live. I love the food, I'm very organic. So the fact that they are still very focused on organic preservation and organic foods is really important to me. Yeah. And just to, to be by the water and be in the sun, those Mm -hmm. things make me unbelievably happy.
0: That sounds incredible. For those of you where I'm in Portland, Oregon, are you in Portland, Oregon too? Where are no, you I'm Where? in Massachusetts. Oh, God. So we are craving sun and not any winter <laughs> weather. So the Amalfi Coast sounds incredible. Plus, isn't, um, isn't George Clooney there? He goes there, right? I think he's on Lake Cuomo,
1: but oh, equally beautiful. Yeah, he well,
0: might have a place in Amalfi. I don't have to look that up. We're going to Google that later. We will. <laughs> So here's one that's a little more reflective in nature. Please answer the following question with the response that comes to you right away. What is one thing that you would love to learn to do, but you are scared shitless to try? Oh my gosh. Like 50 things just came into my
1: mind. You know, that's um, I said. the first thing it's like, Ooh. I know a Ted talk.
0: Ooh, yes.
1: yes. <laughs> I'm like afraid to even say it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, put it out there. I mean, you never know. Right. Yeah. Why a Ted talk? Let's explore that a little more.
1: I just love the idea of being a voice. I really mm-hmm. think again that the mental health movement is at a tipping point and to be able to be a part of that and help in any way that I can would be very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I enjoy public speaking. I don't love preparing for public speaking, but I do like public speaking and have been told I'm pretty effective at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think just being able to be a change agent and a source of inspiration for people, you know, to to hopefully get mental health the spotlight it deserves, the attention and the investment it deserves, particularly in, in the workplace,
0: that would mean a lot to me. That's an incredible, it's an incredible dream, one that you can make come true. So let me know what I can do to help you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, Pam, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. What you said about being a wellness advocate and sharing your story, wanting to mentor others in your organization and outside your organization really rang true for me. I'm so glad you were able to be with us today and share with us your personal journey. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. What a great interview today. Hearing Pam talk about her strategies for prioritizing employee wellness was so inspiring as I know that there are so many employers and employees out there who are struggling with this topic. As women, we are all searching for what lights us up and keeps us healthy. And together we can learn how to burn bright and not burn out. To our listeners, for more information on Pam, please visit her on LinkedIn at www.linkedin.com slash Notaramoso. Thank you for joining us on the She Burns podcast. We are so grateful for your time, energy, and support. For more tips, resources, and tools on how to burn bright, please visit us at SheShatters.com or on Instagram at SheShattersLLC.